Hey everybody, welcome to Tulsa Music Stream. This is episode 68, and we have in live in studio Mr. Josie Scott from the fame of Saliva. There he is. Saliva fame. There he is right there. Uh, Make sure you share uh, to your Facebook pages. um, Check out our YouTube platform. Um, You can always hit the notification bell on that. Subscribe. We're also on Twitter and also Twitch. so yeah, the episode sixty-eight, man. How's everybody doing? This is nine. That's Hi. Jana, and we have Mr. Josie Scott. How we you doing? Do. Happy December first to everybody. Yeah, we're all doing well, and we've already had amazing conversation with Josie. I'm sorry you've missed some of it because it's already been as good as gold. Right, uh, we, we did the interview off here. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> good night. No, no, we. Uh, it's so cool that he's here. You know, these are always fun to do but they're always better when your guest is in studio with you and Josie we just want to say thank you for coming out tonight uh, to be with us here on Tulsa Music Stream I want to kick things off by showing these absolutely amazing pictures that Greg Shipman photography just took of you I'm going to put them up on screen too you can you can see it back on the uh, playback Josie but I'm putting them up on screen for our viewers right now Greg Shipman photography man I mean these are just absolutely stellar stellar pictures of you it's a great look um like nine said the shipments did the uh the branding for this show as well and they are just top notch you're looking fantastic in those let's talk a little bit about what you got going on is it a fair statement to say you are knee deep in the middle of rebranding yourself as josie scott the solo artist i would say balls deep balls balls deep (laughs) so you're not messing around yeah um first of all thank y'all for having me uh, on your show i really appreciate um and i'm so grateful to be here in y'all's amazing studio absolutely there ain't nothing humble about this you're like welcome to our humble studio this is nothing (laughs) humble about this well this is like one of the pimpest studios i've ever seen in my life thanks man um but yeah um you know, very much balls deep in uh, rebranding and uh, getting uh, 
getting everything uh, going again and really excited. And yeah. the shipment's photography, my Whew. gosh. Amazing, huh? Yeah. What an eye. I've learned to trust guys like him because – like he 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 would tell me to do the weirdest things like i would be set in a certain way and he'd be like okay uh turn your face to the left a yes. little bit and, I would, and he'd be like okay t- like tilt your head to the right and I, like he i was like a little mannequin like yeah. he kept moving me in all these positions yeah and i was like what does this look like and then i saw the exactly and i was like what? Yeah, yeah it feels so awkward at first when you're doing it, but then yeah. you you totally see why they had you do that. So, and it makes me feel sorry for like chicks who are models or whatever, because <laughs> holding those positions, yes, mm-hmm. you yes. know the the most uh, relentless training I've ever done is resistance training. Yeah, and part of that resistance training is is holding a position for a long period of time, mm-hmm. and it's like it's the hardest thing in the world to totally do. totally man well so besides the uh the photo shoot and i, I do want to ask you one thing before i even get into this next question i was doing a bunch of research on you and now i know you're not really you don't really do a whole lot of online stuff yourself but what is your official website address is it josie scott rocks yes.com not josie scott.com no Okay, so when I went to josiescottrocks.com, I didn't see anything yet. So is that in process yeah. and in the works? That's in process. Okay, that's yeah. cool. But we want to make sure people know to go to josiescottrocks.com. Yeah, everything, okay. everything, uh, the rebranding uh, is all Josie Scott Rocks. We've changed the uh, the uh, Twitter to that. We've changed the Facebook to that. And we've changed the Instagram to that. Okay. And the TikTok to that. I'm sitting here trying to remember Ooh, all these right. things. <laughs> right. Social media, baby. You do you make t- do you make TikTok videos? I do actually. I, I've I've. It's just something that I've had to just make myself do. It's kind of a necessary evil these days yeah. because Absolutely. everybody does every kind of social media. Right. Well, a great friend of mine, Malcolm Springer. Uh, who I hope is watching tonight. Hi, Malcolm. Big producer in Nashville. Uh, he, um, I was having a, like a, a panic attack one day. It was the day I was recording um, my new single, um, Evil Knievel. And uh, I was just having a panic attack. And I was like, I just don't, I just don't, I was like, all this stuff was hitting me, like all the stuff I've been through in the past couple of years. And mm-hmm. I, I was cr- crying and just having a breakdown. And, and he, he goes, Come here, Josie. Come here. And he's got he's this rough talking old country boy, and he put, puts his hands on my shoulders. Look at me. Look at me in my eyes, boy. Look at me. Wow. And I, I look at him, and he goes, "Where's that kid with used to come in my studio and bug the shit out of me to record him with mm. his little green notebook under his arm and his Aww. backpack on? Where's that little bastard at? <laughs> Get him back. Get that some bitch back that wrote click click boom." That wrote your disease. Where's mm-hmm. that little bastard wow. at? And it, like, I was—he was scared me to death. Like, shocked my system. But I was like, you know what? That's true. Where, where, what happened to that kid? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And, and and then I, I just like retroactively start started going back through my mind, and I was like, okay, 
I w- and I went back to that kid. I went back to the kid with the green notebook under his arm that used to write lyrics constantly. So and did you have to pull something up out of you? Did you have I, to eliminate some things from your mind? I did. I had to pull. I, well, I had to pull it back to the surface mm-hmm. and realize where that kid had gone. Uh, and and you know, I, I've told people several times, you you spend your life chasing that rabbit. Well, what do you do when you catch the fucking mm-hmm. rabbit? You know, what yeah. do you what do you do when you catch the right. rabbit? You caught it. Okay. What now? Right. What, what are we gonna do now? Are sure. you gonna skin it? Are you gonna pet it? Are you gonna eat it? <laughs> or like well, there's several options. There's a few right. more. And uh so I got lost in the options. Um I think after I had to prove myself on that first record mm-hmm. and uh, the head of the label, um, Island Def Jam, I was telling you guys about Lior Cohen earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like this Israeli special forces guy and he's got this like Dolph Lundgren like accent and he goes, Josie, you've had your whole life to write your first album. You have three months to write your next record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what will you show me? Oh, geez. And I was just like, oh, God. But the that little kid with the backpack and the green notebook, I was like, I'm going to kick this so hard through the fucking field goal that I'm going to murder this. So I was competitive. That's that's what happened to that kid. Mm-hmm. That that fighting competitive, you you knock me down, but I'm going to, you might whoop my ass, but I'm going to get up and keep on coming sure. at you. And uh, so... I had to prove myself on that on that second record on Back Into Your System, uh, and and I think once I did that because that shows it it wasn't a fluke, right? It 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 it, it was for a reason. I I I'm supposed to be here, and I think after that, you know, after Bloodstained Love Story, I just kind of, I, I you know they you know there was all these lawyers and life and, happens yeah life. and uh, publishing companies and they wanted to bring in different songwriters and they're like oh. well you know this band's hot right now why mm. don't you sound more like this band i'm like because i'm not fucking that band yeah. is why yeah uh so but you know like they say my daddy used to say too many cooks in the kitchen spoil the soup that's right and mm. I, I just got too many cooks in the kitchen. And then once you throw drugs and alcohol and girls and money and fame yep. into 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 that right. mix, it, you just I just I just you know they say I that my they up. say that bands spent you know before they write their first album they've had years to write and perfect these great songs you know and then and then the album comes out and has some hits on it and then okay well let's have another one of those and a lot of bands aren't able to pull that off their yeah. their next album is trashy and shit when I went back listening to your discography um the singles are spread out they're on all the albums man so it was consistent it was consistent stuff so well i always tried to which which plays to my favor in how the industry is now these days is i treated every song like it was a single Mm. um i knew i was i was smart enough to know that uh, my mother used to say the answer to two thousand questions is money Uh, but uh, I knew because of money and monetary push all of them weren't going to be hits because it wasn't meant to be like that Mm -hmm. but I made up my mind in my 
heart and soul that I was going to give every song the attention that I would give an always mm-hmm. or that I would give a click, click, boom right. or, or your disease. Sure. And <clears throat> so I'm equally as proud of songs that weren't singles like Bleed For Me that mm-hmm. was on uh, a movie soundtrack or uh, um, uh, song the first song I got to sort of write and produce and uh, everything myself sort of like Bob Marlette. I was like a little boy. Bob Marlette let me sit in his lap and hold the steering wheel of, of the, of the, uh, of the race car. But I got to record famous monsters was a song I was really proud of. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I can lay my head on the pillow at night and know that I, that I gave every song, uh, before I, I lost that interest after the third record uh, and so many other things got involved, I gave every song everything I had all the way up to that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm really proud of, of that body of work. Yeah, you know, 2003, I mean, with all the body of work, you know, you, you landed on a Kiss and Aerosmith tour, which I told you earlier, I actually took a Greyhound bus all the way from Tulsa to Columbus, Ohio, and saw you at the Germain uh, Amphitheater. That's the first time I've ever seen you guys live. And I think that was before, uh, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. I, I believe, 2003? I think it was, yeah. Anyway, I know you have lots of crazy stories for when you were on the road, but think about a monstrous tour with Aerosmith and Kiss, because prior to that, those two two headliners going out and you know co-headlining wasn't a, much of a thing yet mm-hmm. until after that and that was like one of the first ones and you had Motley Crue doing stuff and and everyone kind of teaming up after that. Tell me about some of the, some of the experiences you had on the road on that tour. <laughs> well, uh, the the coolness leading up to it, I got I'll, I'll lead you into to to that story, uh, but. Uh, so it's Paul talks about this in his book. Um, I haven't read many books in my life, but I read Paul's uh, Paul's book, uh, Paul Stanley's book, and he mentions this in his book briefly. But so there was a knife fight with two roadies, oh. one from Aerosmith and one from Kiss in the seventies. Right, I remember. And, and yeah. this was apparently with, with Peter Chris or something. Yeah, or... this was apparently a big deal, and they swore that they would never tour with each other again. Oh, wow. So as the Eagles would say, hell froze over and (laughs) they money talks, right? Like my mother says, saying click, click, boom. Why is my mother always right? (laughs) Um, uh, they were gonna, they were talking about doing this co-headlining tour together. And, and we heard, because at that time we were just touring, 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 touring. Like we went home for maybe a week every three to six months. Mm. Jeez. And uh, so we heard on the bus, they were like, uh, the uh, tour manager came on the bus and he's like, hey, do you guys want to throw your name in the hat for the Kiss Aerosmith tour? And we were like, uh, yeah. Hell yes. <laughs> of course. And we were like, we'll never get it, but yes, of course, throw yeah. us in there. So um, we kind of kept touring and forgot about it. And then about, I think it was like four months from then, uh, Scotty Ross 
the famous Scotty Ross. Love that, love that man. He was like a father to us. He was a famous tour manager for Van Halen and for uh, he was the guy that that uh, helped with CC Deville when he he was in his in the throes of his drug mm-hmm. problem and right. and poison. He was their tour manager. He was Journey's tour manager for years. Um, so Scotty Ross uh, came on the bus and he goes so update on the kiss Aerosmith thing. So it's come down to you guys and Billy Idol. Oh, wow. Wow. And I was like, well, they're going to pick Billy Idol. Of course (laughs) the man has the word idol in his name and he's a legend. Mm -hmm. So there it's that I want to see that show like kiss Aerosmith and Billy Idol. I'm there, dude. Mm. They wanted to bring in some new blood. Yeah. Well, this is what happened. This is what I was told. So they were having some kind of board meeting, uh, and it was coming. It had come down to uh, saliva they uh, liked, uh, sorta, and Billy Idol. They were pretty much in love with the idea because they felt just like I felt. They were like, "This is going to be mm-hmm. a cool retro tour. Mm-hmm. Everybody will get it. You know, it's a whole thing. It'll make people reckon back sure. to their days of yeah. youth. You know what I mean?" And Gene Simmons' son. Oh wow, Nick. Oh wow, God love him. God love him. He came in the room and he <laughs> overheard his father talking oh. to this. Uh, table full of suits, I guess. And he ran up to his dad and he goes, Dad, please, Saliva, please, please pick Saliva. Wow. And he goes, please do this for me. Just please pick Saliva. They're they're, they're my favorite band right now. Please pick Saliva. And Oh, my God. That was the, there that was so the you've, deciding So you've met famous. him, right? You've met him. I Nick. have not met him. Really? I, I've, I've heard that story, but I've always wanted to meet him. Oh, I mean, he grew up and his tastes, yeah. you know, went different I'm sure different directions or whatever. And he, I don't know if he'd admit that now, yeah. but as a little kid, he sure did run up to his daddy and said, dad, yeah. please pick saliva. You know, so that so was the great. straw that broke the camel's You know, back, with that tour, you know, you, I think uh, it was Joe Perry or something. He came out and he said, called them comic book rock or something like that. And then Paul had something to say, well, you know, it was funny that after we got done with our show, people were leaving in droves when on one you know during your set i was there in columbus i didn't see any of that but mm. i mean it was a hell of a show i enjoyed all three bands it mm. was great because you had you had something fresh and new mm. with you guys and then you know kiss and then aerosmith that was great speaking but. speaking to that though like when you're opening for those two bands and these guys are fucking legends from the 70s they, what was the crowd how was the reception towards you when they're there you know Aerosmith, bring me Aerosmith, bring me Kiss. Mm-hmm. Were they receptive to saliva? Um, absolutely. Um, you know, and there was uh, there was a, a few fans there uh, as well. Um, but it's like, you know, it, it, it's like a gigantic house party that you're playing for a bunch of Kiss and Aerosmith fans. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. the, and they uh, certainly a appreciated us and they were very hospitable to us i I never felt um the angst that i felt on other tours Mm -hmm. uh like for instance um um i'm dear friends uh with um stone sour we were on tour with stone sour in um europe and um 
I would go, we would go out on stage and some of the European fans that were Slipknot fans would stand with their back to us oh, geez, man. and hold up their middle finger the entire time wow. we played. Wow. And wow. it was just a smattering of them, but mm-hmm. still, and I get it, you know, they're maggots and wow. I love it and I get it. And I, that's totally metal. The, the rebellious spirit that get, that made them do that. I'm all about it. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't like that on the Kiss Aerosmith tour. Um, now so, was that with Tommy and Eric Singer? No, t- uh, t- uh, Tommy, Tommy, and Peter, uh, and Peter. Okay. Yeah, okay. Ace had just de- left. Ju- he had just left, mm-hmm. right? Which I was sick about because the whole thing that made me want to <laughs> do rock right. and roll was uh, sitting in my uh, dad's. My dad was a preacher when I was a kid, and he had an assistant pastor. Was his son? He had a son that was the black sheep of the family. Uh, who I partially wrote the song Black Sheep about. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he used to, uh, uh, back in the 70s, you know, you'd go over to someone's house and they'd play Monopoly after dinner and then the kids would scurry off to the bedrooms. Well, I would run to this little kid named Kevin Brock's bedroom. He was, I was uh, six or seven and he was 12. Mm. And he had like lava lamps and posters and fishnets hanging from his ceiling. Wow. And like it was just this nether world that I had, like it was like walking into another universe because I had never even heard secular music. Now sure. wow. much less wow. seen, you know, this element of rock and roll. And now what would your parents, how would your parents have looked at you if they knew you were running off to this guy's bedroom listening to that kind of stuff and well that's, see that's what's crazy to me is they did know that oh, but they, they did but they didn't stop mm. it mm. and like i, I don't know I, and they were pentecostal parents mm. you know uh and and not to uh disparage um Pentecost, the pentecostal religion because i have the ultimate respect for them uh but my parents were just cool like that i guess um and I, I don't think they wanted to hurt Kevin's feelings. You know, mm-hmm. they were trying to be as loving and kind sure. to him as they could be while I was going through his peaches, <laughs> his peaches album. Oh, yeah. crate, right. You know, right. Right. Of, of all his records. And I remember flipping through and it was like Boston, like Ted Nugent. Yeah. yeah. Like all the good all, shit. Uh, Queen and oh, all yeah. these great records and Led Zeppelin. And then I got to kiss. Oh. I got to destroyer. Yeah. And I pulled <laughs> that record up out of the, the rest of them and i would just i just sat there mesmerized by that album cover and ace i was like why my two favorite colors from that moment forward were silver and black because of ace freely that's the raiders and that that's why you got the raiders well i ended up being a raiders fan i was like why is he holding up four fingers why does he have those cool boots on? Yeah. Are they in hell? Like, what is the, what's happening right, on this album right. cover? And uh, I, I remember all the kids at that time uh, in the seventies. They were asking, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, and the kids were like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. And I was like, 
whatever this is. <laughs> yep, you and me both, buddy. I want to be. Uh, you sound that. like these two. Yeah, absolutely, I mean, do we? We both are major kiss. Ace was my story. favorite, and I think I told you this. And the reason Ace was my favorite was he he looked the coolest, and my hair was the most like Ace's. It was straight, and I was like, okay, I can do this, man. Right. So I'm yeah, there with cool. you. Now I want to put a, a picture up again, Josie. You'll see this on the replay if you watch it back. Let's talk a little bit about the reunion with the band that just happened in September. Here's this picture. Blue Ridge Rock. You're out there on stage looking like a badass with your uh, cool Adidas jacket and your ripped up jeans. Tell us a little bit about, we know that the uh, the reunion itself didn't really materialize as far as like a permanent reunion, but uh, tell us about that day getting back with the guys on stage and how that came together and how it made you feel. Well, it was amazing, you know. Um, I love all of those guys uh, so much. Um, I had uh, just met uh, the drummer uh, that day, and she's a sweetheart, and um, it was totally uh, cool getting to meet her. She's, I love, I just love female rock musicians. It's just <laughs> awesome to watch mm-hmm. uh, a woman get up there and play rock and roll and, and kill it the way they do. Uh, present company, not excluded. <laughs> uh, and, uh, so I got to meet her. Uh, I finally ran into Bobby because I had avoided meeting him mm. like the plague Okay, because it's not any shade towards Bobby. Sure. It, it's just, painful it's painful i understand it's like watching your ex lover Mm -hmm. with with a new guy with a new guy you you don't want to see that you know so and and uh but actually you know they say god works in mysterious ways well during uh losing my son to covid in uh, may of uh 21 uh one of the one of the the main people that was that was there for me was Bobby's father. We became really close wow. online, and uh, he uh, began to speak to me um, and just began to counsel me wow. and, and really took took time with me. And is just such a loving, kind, considerate, compassionate man. Yeah. And uh, on the months leading up to. Uh, Blue Ridge we had talked about you know what it was what it would be like to to see Bobby his son for the first time and how how was that going to go down and uh, you know he had expressed you know that he loved his son and that he cared for me very deeply and that he wanted it to be a a triumphant you know beautiful you know meeting or whatever and I told him I said listen I said, father to father, I'm going to take care of Bobby. Oh, wow. I'm going to reach out to him with just as much love and kindness as I would hope uh, that anybody would, but certainly that his father would expect. Right. And and I will reach out to him the same way I would expect you to reach out to my sons or my daughters. Sure. And there's this beautiful picture, not to get too mushy on you, but there's this beautiful picture of uh, of me and Bobby on stage after this after the songs I did, and we had this beautiful hug, and somebody snapped a picture, and they got it back to Bobby's dad, mm. and he sent me that picture, and he said, "I just want to thank you because wow. this is 
a beautiful moment oh, right here. That's wow. so great. Yeah. It sort of uh, relieved both of our anxieties. Mm. Okay. You know, that's good. Um, <clears throat> but to, to speak of what an amazing woman my wife is, um, I think, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> when you, when you train for a fight, um, and when, when a boxer trains for a fight, it's all, it's all fun and games till you get in there and you feel that first right. uh, blast from from the champ. You know what I mean. And uh, i I wanted to I wanted to to go there and uh, confidently have a, re, a reunion with with the, with my guys in saliva. But I didn't want to overstep, and i I didn't want to I didn't want it to be uncomfortable for sure. Bobby in any kind of way. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I have, um, dealt with mental illness, uh, yeah. in, in my life, uh, several times and, you know, I deal with panic attacks and anxiety and depression. And I think any artist worth his salt has his, uh, yes. battles with, uh, for sure with mental health. So I started having a panic attack right, <sighs> right, right beside the stage when it was leading up to my time Oh man! and my wife stepped up in front of me just like Malcolm did that day in Nashville. And she grabbed my hands like this and she said, look at me, look at me, look at me in my eyes because my, my eyes were racing. Like I'm like a cat in a box mm -hmm. when that's going on. Mm. And she said, look at me in my eyes. Look at me. It's just me and you look at me. And I looked at her and she said, you belong here. Wow. You belong here. Wow. And I was like, mm. I just, I just let that set for a minute, you know? And I was like, that's right. Yeah, you do. You know? Yeah. And, I, and, and not in an arrogant way. Right. And right. not in a boastful way. Right. But I just needed to take a couple of deep breaths and bring my mind back home to my body. Sure. This is one of my favorite, um, uh, Buddhist teacher says I had to take a couple of deep breaths and bring my mind home to my body and I had to uh, let go of that anxiety mm -hmm. and you know her saying those three words I want to get a tattoo of those three words <laughs> because that is what helped me to walk on stage and be able to do that Man, that's well, awesome. you know 10 years of hibernation you know you're out out of the game for 10 years um you decided to try to do get into the Christian community. I don't know if they accepted you or not. I don't know if they took you seriously. <laughs> I don't know. You know, those are good questions. I don't know. You know, I have input but, on this also. So um, go ahead. Oh God. But you know, you, you come back and, and you know, I'm sure all the anxieties, you know, 10 years, that's a long time. It's, you know, it's not, I mean, today it's not, you know, it seems like 10 years go by quickly, but right. You know, being out of the business that long, I'm sure a lot of things were just kind of like, you know, you have, I can't remember how to do this, you know, and you, you said you had to get in shape. You had to do all these things yeah. to, to, to make sure that you were a, a force up there, mm -hmm. you know, or, or something to show the fans that, that you're back. Mm -hmm. And, and you said you lost your, your son. Mm -hmm. I don't know, losing him, did that make it your comeback more? inspiring for you to do or Which, did it set you back it it didn't at first um because i can't um 
any parent that uh, has lost a child um, will tell you <clears throat> that, and there's a friend of mine, uh, Laura Floyd, who's watching right now, uh, that was a, a major advocate for me. She lost her daughter to the opioid crisis. Oh, man. And I can't uh, she was a beautiful girl. She was a huge saliva fan. She uh, came out with her mother to every uh, every show, and uh, it was just heartbreaking beyond anything that I could uh, put into words um, f- for her, obviously, and for me. Uh, but she was really there for me uh, when I when I lost my son and was a big advocate uh, for you know making me get making me get on the phone and making me text and making making me function and you know not forcing me to do anything right. but but just saying hey this this is reality this mm-hmm. is how it's going to be here's how you walk through this pain yeah here's how you don't lose your shit right. And because I needed somebody, uh, like Bobby's dad helped me, uh, with, uh, the loving kind, Hey, I'm here for you sort of, uh, part of it. Yeah. And, you know, and my wife helped me through the day to day of that, of, you know, just being with me every day. And and she was going through it. My children were going through it. They lost a brother, you know, she lost a son and, um, but Laura helped me through, Hey, I know you want to give up because I want to give up. Mm-hmm. I know you want to crawl under the effing bed and mm-hmm. just say, yeah, fuck this world. Sure. Um, but we lose the luxury of that when we have children. It was another thing my mother said to me one time. <clears throat> she said, we lose the luxury of doing, of leaving this world of our own recognizance when we have children. Mm-hmm. And, yep. um, and I just thought to myself, you know, I have other children to raise. And if it hadn't been for, for her, you know, getting me through, um, getting me through losing him, I don't think, I, I don't think it, I don't think I would have been as successful, uh, as, as, I, as I was in getting through it and, and still getting through it. Mm-hmm. Like the, the holidays coming up are awful, you know, yeah. uh, it's probably something that you'll have to deal with the rest of your life probably. yeah of course well, yeah when i was when i was a little boy my mother's house burned down and my sister Rhonda said something i'll never forget she said there's gonna be things that we're gonna think of years from now that we lost today uh in this house fire and we're gonna stop and sob about it yeah and that's sort of what it's like losing a child i don't want to equate them as the same because they're not but i think back on things when he was a certain age and Mm -hmm. when i he choked on a french fry one time and i had to sort of do the heimlich maneuver on him and (laughs) things like that you know um playing with him at the zoo and his favorite rap albums he was a big hip-hop guy you know Mm -hmm. um I thought of something the other day of wrestling around on the floor with him uh, and told my wife about it. And I just, you know, just had to have a come apart about it, basically. Yeah. And it just comes out of nowhere. You know what I mean? And um, but at first, to answer your question, at first, uh, I thought it was a clear sign because that was during the talks of 
are we going to get the original five back together? Are we going to do this? And how's this going to work out? And, uh, what are, you know, what's going to be the logistics of all this? Uh, and then, and then COVID itself happened. Right. Yeah. And then Kobe Bryant happened. Which uh, it was really, awful. Just really, really, really bothered me. And Us I was like, too, man. I was like, something shitty is coming, man. Something bad is mm. coming. I just knew it was a bad omen for 2020, man. Yeah. And uh, little did I know, I had, no, I had no idea. Because besides my son, I lost seven other family members. How old was, you, how old was your son? He was 29. Wow. Too young. And Way he, too young. And he it killed him in 12 days. Wow, bro. He got sick. And 11 days later, his heart stopped. I mean, Man, I imagine that's, so that's got to make, I mean, Thank you. that's... I, you got to be a strong man to 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 uh, withstand that kind of pain, man. And I'm sure that it probably does make you stronger in ways, and you know, some makes makes some of the other things in life that happen seem a little more petty after something yeah. like that. Happens. I got to tell you too, Scott and I had a conversation before you got here, and we both were like, "Are we going to bring that up?" And you know, I I personally wasn't going to. I wanted to leave the door open to see if you wanted to talk about it because this is mm-hmm. still very fresh. I mean, this happened not long ago, mm-hmm. but I think as you talk through it. I'm hoping that it, it's that's part of the grieving, and I hope you know how many people are here for you and care. I know you just met us, but man, you're a deep soul, and I can tell. And one other comment I wanted to make: I don't want to dominate this interview. This is your interview, not mine. But I want to share something with you. I, I read that you know you, you were going to get into the Christian community, and I saw that some someone kind of steered you away from it. You know, they said, "Man, hey, be careful. There's vipers over there too." Well, it stands to reason because there's money to make in the Christian community as well. Oh, yeah. I was in that community for nine years and I played. It was wonderful. I mean, it was it, it helped me hone my chops and learn how to songwrite. And and it was great. But I, I distinctly remember hearing the Lord tell me it's time for you to get out of this community because all you're doing here is feeding the already fed. You need to go feed the hungry wow. who are out there in the bars, the ones that are afraid to go to church because they don't feel accepted. Mm-hmm. They don't feel part of that crowd. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just, my only thing I wanted to say to you, I hope whatever happened did not sour you on the faith. Mm-hmm. You know, there's faith and then there's religion. And I always tell these two guys, it's two different things. Yeah. So I just, I just want to encourage you, man, hang on to your faith no matter no matter what no matter how those people might have treated you just watch out for the vipers they're everywhere yeah, yeah. thank you, <laughs> you bet. um yeah and I, you know if it had i don't i think if it hadn't been for 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 my faith i wouldn't have made it um because you know uh i know that cody had faith and um i know you know, I know what I know. I know yeah. that he's okay. Uh, but at first, uh, when he when he first passed, I was like, "This is just another. Th- this is just another affirmation that I don't think I need to do this. I I, I don't feel right about this. Right. This, is, this is not. I think this is God trying to tell me that this is not right, or this sure. is not for me, or." Right. This is not what is supposed to happen. That's right, man. And it sort of, it just kind of all blew up in my face um, after my son died. And, you know, I think I kind of let it blow up in my face because I, I just, I just had no, I wasn't, I'm the, I'm the type of person I've always have, always have to have some kind of inspiration 
to to move forward and i just didn't have that anymore and i had a dream one night i was so mad at god because i hadn't dreamed about my son since he had passed right and i was like this is you know this is bullshit i i haven't even had a dream about him i I need i want to know if he's okay like and i was having all this guilt and all the things that you go through as as a um that i've learned from other people who've lost children um you know, you go through the cycle of anger, and then you go through the guilt, and then you go through the sadness, and mm-hmm. then you go through the blame, and then you it's yeah. and it just comes back around. And then I had a dream one night, uh, right after telling my wife, I was like, "Man, I, I don't understand why I can't dream about him." And my friend Tony West out in Los Angeles, he told me at, uh, the celebration of Cody's life. He said, "You need to." because he had lost a lot of people in his life too and been through a lot of stuff like like this and he said you need to notice the butterflies and and uh notice the birds and stuff around you the the uh dragonflies and different things and i was like man you're crazy <laughs> you're, right you're an old hippie man so like those those are going to be a sign yeah he goes that's going to be that's going to be cody mm-hmm. and he's one of the, one of the coolest cats uh I've ever known. He's an incredible singer, mm-hmm. um, and um, uh, he, he he's in a uh, band out in Los Angeles, um, and just a incredible, charismatic. He's kind of like you, nine. He's got the charisma and look and he's uh, everything. You're too man. kind. Man. And uh, he he you know he he was there for me, uh, uh, giving me advice and stuff uh, when Cody passed. Um, Man, I'm going to hug you after this show. (laughs) Just because I, because it saddens me. I I have one son, one kid, and I can't even imagine, man. I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's tough, I can't imagine. That's the the most common denominator I hear from everybody is that they can't imagine. Um, But the the dream was, uh, I was laying, I, 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 I woke up in the middle of this dream, and I was laying on the canvas of a boxing ring, and I was vertical like and i was like looking at my hands and i was like i was like those boxing gloves like what (laughs) where am i like what's happening but i could tell i was laying on the canvas like i was like i'm knocked the fuck out like somebody's (laughs) knocked me the hell out don't you have a video like, kind of like that and you're yeah, in a boxing of like ladies and gentlemen yeah <laughs> and, I, and, and then i felt something running out of my my nose and my mouth so i took the boxing glove and i was like touching my face and there was blood running down the uh boxing glove and i was like somebody has trashed me man i i've just been beat the hell up and but i couldn't get up i i was unable to get up and I felt somebody lean down in behind me, and I heard, "Dad, you gotta get up." Oh wow! Come on, pops! Come on, pops! You gotta get up. And when I heard pops, I was like, "That's Cody." Oh my god! That's wow. undoubtedly Cody. And he said, "You gotta get up, pops! Come on! You gotta get up! Come on, Dad! Come on!" And he and then I felt him pull horse collar me, like pulling my my collar like that, and. And he pulled me up, and I, I, was, I was desperately trying to turn around and look at him, and I tried to turn this way, and I couldn't make it, and I tried to turn this way, and I couldn't make it, and I was like, 
And I, when I turned around, I almost got to see his face and I woke up. Oh, my goodness wow. sakes. Wow. But from that moment forward, I knew he was trying to tell me, you got to get up. Keep yeah. moving. And that he's okay. Keep moving. Up. Yeah, he was yeah. telling me, I'm fine. Yeah, he is. You are not fine, however. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You need to get your ass wow. up. Well, you're up, my friend. You're up. Thank you. Let's, let's talk about... Let's talk about what what's going on. So you're recording, mm-hmm. and you're put you're putting a band together. Mm-hmm. So what's the plan for 23? What what do you got on the canvas? Here? You got new management, everything going on. Uh, yep. Um, uh, some some new management. Uh, 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 David Montgomery is uh, managing me right now. Um, uh, uh, another uh, company, Red Alert, is uh, Wes Hoffman. Uh, Wes Hoffman is helping me. Now, what uh, exactly do, uh, do they do for you? They are uh, helping me rebrand and uh, teaching me about uh, how to not just what social media is, but how it, you use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I have purposely stayed away from all this for the past 10 12 years because i wanted to focus on raising my kids and i had uh after we moved to oklahoma i figured out that i could uh take these classes and become a peer recovery support specialist so i got to work for uh, grand lake mental health here mm-hmm. in town i got to work for a place called 12 and 12 yeah. uh in uh, tulsa that helps um they help veterans get into uh rehabilitation and uh, uh they help you know people that are homeless people that that can't afford uh necessarily to go to a thirty thousand dollar rehab right. they right. help pl- uh, place them and give them resources um and not just for addiction but for just mental health mm-hmm. you know if they if they uh have anxiety like me or depression like me they can give them uh different resources and once I figured out I could get involved in that, my cousin Katie uh, told me about it. And I was like, bullshit. <laughs> she was like, no, seriously, you can take these little classes and get your certification and you can go to, you can go to work for any of these places. Wow. And I was like, really? And then I did it. And it was so fulfilling mm-hmm. and one of the most amazing jobs I ever had. And I still get uh, emails and, and calls and text messages from people uh, that, I, that, um, thank god i was able to help or steer in the right direction wow. um at 12 and 12 and at, at grand grand mental health as it's called now <laughs> um but um yeah they're they're helping me red alerts helping me rebrand everything teaching me how to use social media mm-hmm. and uh how to how you play the game right. nowadays sure. yeah you know? it is a game for um, sure well one thing that i i you know when i first was introduced to you guys I mean, the first few albums, or, you know, I was a bit older. Mm -hmm. I got into, you know, I like Click Click Boom. It's just a little bit of the generation. But when I heard, I was listening to Lex and Terry. I don't know if you remember that (laughs) radio, their little radio show they have. They were from Jacksonville or something like that. And then they went to Dallas. And I don't remember if they were in Dallas at that part, at that point or, but you were on Lex and Terry and they played, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And when I heard, ladies and gentlemen, that day I was at work, and you were on there talking and everything, and um, I'd already seen you play live, so you guys were you're cool to me. But when I heard, ladies and gentlemen, that's where I was like, okay, 
these guys absolutely rock <laughs> because you. just the the guitar was just heavy and in the whole megaphone yeah very thing, cool the, you know the verses and everything was just killer and so i would imagine like you were probably a little bit more in tune with doing radio shows and and things like that before you know for social media and all that stuff you know mm-hmm. so you kind of did a lot of um, interviews radio stations and all that stuff i mean so you're socially good at doing interviews mm-hmm, right very well i loved i love talking and i love <laughs> i actually love doing interviews and stuff i just had to you know relearn how it's done these days right sure because it's completely different it's all now typing you know yeah, that's crazy so now that you've you've raised your kids for 10 years and you've been dad and you've done all these other things you're ready to fucking go conquer the world again absolutely you gonna play some shows this year yeah absolutely tell us about your band uh well nine is my bass player Hey, look at that. Congratulations. <laughs> Breaking wow. news. Dun, da, da. Boom. Wow. Click, click, boom. <laughs> That's crazy, man. So I'm uh, looking forward to, to getting out and doing uh, a bunch of shows uh, at the beginning of 23. Um, uh, going in the studio um, in a few weeks with uh, Scatterbrains. Um, he's, um, he works with uh, Struggle Jennings and... Uh, is just an amazing artist in his own right, and he's gonna. Um, we we've recorded some stuff together with Struggle, and he wants to. Uh, we've always wanted to work with each other. Like he's just a badass. Yeah, and he yeah. knows all the the newfangled equipment that all the kids are sure. using these <laughs> right. days. And all I know, like I tell my managers this all the time. I'm like, look, dude, I'm good at three things. <laughs> I know how to write, I know how to sing, and I know how to perform. That's where my skills end. Yeah. I want to say, though, in, in, me, in me, now that I can say this, me and in, in learning the songs that we're doing, I, I just was amazed at how many, and you may not feel this way about yourself, but how many different vocal styles you actually are able to, you, and I told you this, you sound like Marilyn Manson on something, you sound like Kurt Cobain, and, and you might slap the shit out of me later. But there was even a little bit of Fred Durst in some of the stuff too. <laughs> nice. And uh, I was just impressed. I was like, "Wow, man!" Diverse. Because you sound this way on one song, and then I play the next song. I'm like, "Wow, that is really badass." And man. then I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, cool." What's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So wow. that that impressed me, and I told you that I was like, "Man, that's great shit, man." So as far as like going out and playing live, are you mm-hmm. are you envisioning it being like a, you're gonna like do fly out dates on weekends and then back in town during the week or what? What do you see happening there? Well, there's a new style of touring these days called Weekend mm, Warrior. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Quiet Riot does it all the time. Yeah. 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 That you go out uh, like on a Thursday and you play shows like through Sunday or Monday. And uh, that's very attractive to me. No kidding, man. You know? Yeah. Same here. Wow. Yeah. Uh, because you get the coolness of the travel and yeah. you get to hang out with your homies and sure you get to be on a bus and all the accoutrement you know but you get to go home to your family exactly. yeah that's yeah. the best of both worlds yeah. absolutely yeah it's, it's absolutely sort of the best of both worlds and i had to you know i had to promise the girls that my son justice he could care less he wants to go <laughs> with me he's like dude what you're going to mexico city oh i'm there roadie we are there he's yeah. gonna carry your mic for you oh yeah right? he's He's a, he is about it, about it. 
And then I got my other son, Dylan, uh, Dynamite Dillon. He's the guitar player. Rhythm guitar yeah. for me. So I'm taking both sons with yeah. me. So all I got to worry about is the women in my life. Oh, right? yeah. And you so, do have to worry about that. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Being in, I tell them all the time, being in love with three women is hard. Yeah. 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 Hard work. Yeah. So you've collaborated with so many different musicians. Um, you even wrote a song with Nikki Six. Mm-hmm. Um, course you know you've won were nominated grammys with chad Mm -hmm. from nickelback and just a awesome song thank you and are you do you have plans to do some more collaborations um going further yeah absolutely i i think collaborations are uh the fruit of uh, all good music you know i think when um when you when you um put different artists together uh good things can't help but come from it you know what i mean yeah um because like they say two heads are better than one um and uh i'm all about doing collaborations i've uh got to collaborate with uh with jay-z and kanye west that we were talking about earlier i mean that's that's like a monumental album blueprint their blueprint i mean it's huge yeah it's huge yeah, and you're crazy. and you're on it i mean it's crazy it's it's a huge album well what was funny is i went into the studio that day and uh jay-z is like man come on in here man We're, i want i'm gonna put you on this microphone we're gonna set you up over here he goes the, the that's the this is the producer right over here he's he's the producer of the record you may not know who he is but he says he's going to be the greatest rapper of all time. Wow. And I come over and he, and he goes, hey, I'm Kanye West. Holy and I was like, crap, dude. hey, man, what's going wow. on? He goes, I'm going to be the greatest fucking rapper you've ever seen on the planet. And I was like, okay. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> Ten four. Wow. Just, Ten four. Uh, just don't kill me. Yeah. Uh, no, take, but he was a sweetheart. So take us, take us through how one would write a song with Nikki Six. How did that come about? Mm. Was it just well, basically him sending you stuff and... Or well, was it- I went to, um, well, I, uh, some, some drama happened. Uh, I won't go into it. And I was quietly told I had to go to rehab out in Los Angeles at Promises. So I was like, and then I was like, hell no, fuck rehab. And then I heard, I heard how cool Promises was. And I heard it was kind of like a 30 day vacation and they had a chef. I was like, <laughs> Oh hell yeah! I'm going. <laughs> what I get to, I get thirty days off, and I get to go to this place where people have a chef. Hell yeah! <laughs> they got what they got? Gourmet chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> oh, man. Nice, but uh, no, I um, so I went to uh, and Nikki the the whole time. Well, I told the record company at the time. I said because I thought they were kind of bullshit me a little bit and and i kind of called their bluff and i said okay if you really want me to do this my idol is nikki six mm. so if you can get nikki six on the phone i'll go do it wow and wow hung up the phone and I, not 10 minutes later i'm sitting there um me me and cody were sitting watching a movie and like seven minutes later the phone rings and I picked the phone up. I'm like, hello. He goes, what's up, bro? I was like, who is this? He goes, this is Nikki Six, man. And I was like, 
get the fuck get out here. Get the fuck. <laughs> I was like, I almost started crying, man. But wow. Uh, and I knew it was him because I was such a Nikki Six fan. You know his fan. voice. Knew instantly yeah. knew yeah, his voice. Got that LA voice. And he goes, "You got a black hole inside you, don't you?" And I was like. <laughs> I definitely have a black hole inside of me. I don't know what it's from, but yeah. And he goes, and you can't fill it with cars or money or chicks. And I said, mm, check. Yeah. And he goes, I'm going to help you fill that hole, man. I'm, 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 wow. We're, we're going to take care of you. We're going to get you out here to L.A. And we're going to take you to a place that can fix you up and help you. Wow. And he was, from that moment forward, I went and packed a little bag. Uh, he said, you know, go, just go to the airport. Don't call, don't do anything. It's, he said, it's all taken care of. Just go to the airport, go to the desk. They're going to give you your plane tickets. You, you, you will be out here with me in four hours. Mm. Mm, wow. And he goes, he goes and party it up on the plane. He goes, don't don't skimp on the party and on the plane. He goes, go ahead and have a good time. Is that right? Yeah, he because you're not gonna have one. Yeah, because <laughs> well, you're mean, gonna you're gonna be uh, without for a yeah, while. Little oh. did I know uh, yeah. they were gonna shut everything down. Uh, but he goes, yeah, go ahead and have a good time on the plane. And I was like, oh, you got it. So you get don't off the plane. Me with a good time. You get off the plane, and Nikki Six is there waiting for you. Got on, got off the plane in Los Angeles. Uh, went to get, get my bag, and there he was. Wow. Goodness and, uh, sakes. Yeah, well, that's a that's a nice guy, man. I mean, that's sweetheart. Yeah. And uh, him and uh, the guy that actually got Steven Tyler sober, he passed away in 2007. Mm. Um, uh, but they both took me to uh, promises, and. Uh, made sure I was okay and, uh, you know, got me moved in and everything. And he said, I'll come and visit you when I can. And I was like, okay. And the people at promises were like, yeah, you guys can have family come visit on Saturdays or every other Saturday or something like that. And he go, and, uh, he said, well, I'm his family. I'll come. I'll oh, come wow. Visit him. wow. That's so cool. And, uh, he, he came to visit me, uh, and we would sit, uh, we we would like, he would bring me cigarettes and Red Bull, which is a big deal in rehab, apparently. It's like, you know, the closest thing to dope exactly. that you can get, you know exactly. what I mean? So he, he brought me cigarettes and, and Red Bull, and I was just sitting there at the table with him, and I, I remember sitting there and looking at him, and I said, I'm so sorry for staring at you. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. I said, I just can't take my eyes off of you. Man. <laughs> man I said, crush. I, wow. Yeah. I said, I, I'm such a man crush. And I, you're like, you are my idol, bro. Like mm. I dressed like him, did my hair like him, did my makeup, like everything, yeah. dude, like mm. tried to mimic his outfits to like, I was one of those snobby Motley Crue fans, dude. <laughs> right. Like, wow. Everything had to be perfect. <laughs> like, me and my best friend, William Carroll, would sleep outside for Motley Crue tickets, and we wouldn't leave until we had front row center, like, every time. <laughs> when, back when Ticketmaster was cool. Right, right. Man, so that's amazing. That's cool. You've done so many things, and you've achieved so much more than... Your typical musician. Us. I mean, right? <laughs> but what is your goal for your comeback? Yeah, what will make you happy? Yeah. And do you have critics that want to see you not succeed? 
Absolutely. That's a great question. Fuck man. those guys. That's a great question. I saved it. For I think them. I think you always have haters. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're always going to have haters and deniers and uh, people that don't want to see you do well. But I think when you have haters, you're doing something right. Absolutely. Every any any. I've always said that even when someone's talking bad about you, it's because they're paying attention. Right. You're doing something. Yeah, right. totally, dude. Yeah. My, I I had something happen in the press where I was getting some bad press or whatever, and my mother told me she said, "Well, at least they're talking about you, sweetie." Exactly. Right. Boy, exactly. your mama was smart. Wasn't yeah. She? yeah, yeah, she's was real smart. Wow. But I I. Uh, such a great question thank you uh is the end game to be back in saliva no um i I am not opposed to doing some shows uh reuniting with them i love wayne sweeney to death he's uh uh me and him are like we used to call each other the toxic twins the sequel uh, the guitars uh, that's funny because i had a guitar player and we also referred to ourselves as the same thing (laughs) Not the sequel, just... I think me and you may be the threequel. Now listen, we we don't need another trip to Promises. Yeah, yeah. we'll be be going together. Hey, Nikki, how you doing, bud? You guys need some good, strong women out there on the road. Brought a friend this time with me. Uh, Okay, so to finish your your answer, go ahead. Uh, I just want to... uh, Like I said, I'm I'm not opposed to doing uh, whatever makes the fans happy. At the end of the day... Uh, it really is uh, not to sound uh, stereotypical or, or whatever, but at the end of the day, it it, it is all about the fans for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about it, it's not even about the money or the fame or any of that at this point. It's about the healing power of music, mm-hmm. and it's about uh, the the fans that the biggest common denominator I hear them say to me is your music got me through mm-hmm. a B and C yeah. your music got me through this. And that's the biggest compliment someone could ever give me. Uh, this girl told me one time at a meet and greet, she said, you uh, kept a shotgun out of my mouth. Oh my wow. God. That's so heavy. Mm. Yeah. Music is like that to me. I've always said that. I mean, I'm, sometimes mm. when I hear a song from when I was a teenager, man, I can almost smell the smells of that time and almost feel the exact same feelings I was feeling when I was that age. Mm. And that's what I love about music. So that is so great that, um, <laughs> that, you know, it does that for people, man, you know, cause some people don't feel yeah. music. Some yeah. people just like, yeah, you know, right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, say, say, say the whirlwind hits mm-hmm. you again with all your, your, suddenly getting Grammys again and, and they're, you're, you're on top of the world again. Do you feel like you're more mature now, a little more older, wiser to handle that sort of pressure than say you were the first go around? Well, absolutely. Because, uh, before I was only living for myself yeah. yeah, and I didn't plan on living past 35 but mm. i did right and now i have children mm-hmm. uh and the, anybody that knows me knows that the most important thing to me in my life is my family absolutely and i have i i take it very seriously uh that i have a wife and and two daughters and a 16 year old son and uh two stepchildren to answer to and uh, as long as they're 
by my side i'm i'm gonna do my best to to provide for them uh in the in the as they what did the divorce lawyers say in the company uh, in the way that in the fashion that they're right. <laughs> you know a a, a, a company accustomed, accustomed, accustomed to, to. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Yeah. yeah yeah in the fashion that they're accustomed to uh couldn't get the words out of my mouth but yeah uh as long as uh as as long as they're by my side i'm gonna take care of them in in the in the fashion that i have been blessed to be able to take care of them but as far as 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 far as success i'm i've always felt super competitive i've always had a super competitive spirit i don't want to i i want to i want to aim high yeah i I always try to over aim Mm -hmm. and overcompensate the, the like when I when I got totally. when I got my my wife uh, when I fell in love with my wife I was playing way out of my league <laughs> way out of my league you know what I mean I had no game with women and just had absolutely just no game at all uh, the only thing I had was I was in a band <laughs> right you know and uh, I know like so feeling. far I th- I thought is I, I thought man. I'm going to shoot my shot while I'm up here because I don't think I, I don't think this is going to last forever. Mm. You know, I was smart enough to know that my dumb ass was probably going to screw it up some way. So I was going to go ahead and shoot my shot. So when I met my wife, I was like, man, I'll never forget it. It was May 29th, 2003, right here at the voodoo room in Tulsa, oh, Oklahoma. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. wow. We were, we, we, we had to get up and, uh, Scotty Ross woke us up that morning and he said, Listen, fellas, they're playing that song you wrote with Nikki Six, Rest in Pieces, here on the radio in Tulsa. <laughs> and you're going to have to get up and go learn the damn song because I know you assholes haven't played it since you recorded it six <laughs> months ago. So you're going to have to actually wake up and go in there and pretend to sound check, but actually learn this song, oh, which was totally true. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we got up and, and went into sound check. But if it weren't for that, if it, it shows you how God plans stuff all the way back to Nikki Six, because yeah. Nikki said, Hey, I got this song called Rest in Pieces. I was like, Wow, that's a cool song title. And then we recorded the song, and then he came and did the video, and mm-hmm. I got to meet my idol and all these things. And then later on down the road, we recorded the song, and and we had to get up that day and go yeah. in to le- relearn it because that was true. We hadn't played it in mm-hmm. six months since mm-hmm. we'd recorded it, and we needed to brush up a little bit on it. And because we went in to brush up on Rest in Pieces, boom, my That's, wife walked in. It's all a plan. That's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You brought up Slipknot, and I mean, I wanted to ask you <clears> – <throat> Was it fair, or did you did you embrace the 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 genre, the the term new metal? Did you felt like you 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 guys felt in that you belonged in that category, or did you think you guys were something different and they just kind of put that label on you? I never I never really paid that much attention to it. I loved the fact that they would put us in any, you know, uh, as they say, just. You know, I don't care what you call me. Just talk make sure about, you call me. Talk about talk me. For, sure. at, at dinner time. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. Uh, but uh, I never was hung up on uh, on on labels or whatever. Uh, 
I definitely got how they arrived at that. You yeah. know, I always considered us, we called it dirty South. We called it that dirty South bounce, mm-hmm. you know, that seven dust, you know, bouncy, you know, sure. I love them. Bonch, boom, boom, <laughs> that thing, you know? Right. Um, but, uh, so we thought of it as that, and we had been playing this style since the late nineties. Right. Ever since we heard rage against the machines first record, we were like, Oh, Okay. Everybody change everything. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Once I heard that record, I was like, okay. Because I, when I was growing up, like I was telling you guys earlier, I didn't have access to uh, really a lot of heavy metal music or or rock music. Uh, But what I did have access to was like the uh, ACDC Back in Black album, main stables like that Mm -hmm. and uh the other thing i had to hang on to was pop radio because i wasn't allowed to have albums Mm. so i hung on to casey Kasem's top 40 yeah and that's sort of where my songwriting came from and more often than not when i was in the studio the knee-jerk things i would do in my songwriting were from pop radio they weren't from rock they were from pop which which again i believe there was a plan the whole time because i think if i had just done rock i would have been subjugated to just this you know little bucket of tools but because i had that pop um college basically I, w- I had a lot more tools uh, and influences to pull to pull from because i you know i think it's hilarious some some people say their influences or you know my influences are this and that and and i and i thought i used to sit on the bus and go well what are my influences my influences are like Duran Duran and Whitney Houston and Phil Collins and <laughs> right. Chicago all, all, and, all the t- top 40 80s yeah, stuff yeah like all the 80s stuff yeah. like Duran Duran I mean I remember having Tears cassette for fears. tapes like that man I made cassette sure. tapes off the radio with those kind of songs Rockwell somebody's watching me yeah. and stuff like that yeah. Yeah. then I got older and I was like what the hell was I doing man but yeah. I had probably Shebop on there or some shit like that you know what so, though I bet every single one of those influences somehow interweaves absolutely. It, its way into yeah, what yeah. we do now yeah you know? yeah Anything yeah. that grabbed my ears, like, you know, like, take on sure. sure. Aha. Yeah. Take on me. Yeah. I'll like, tell you what one of my guilty pleasures is, and I've loved this song my whole life, is Voices Carry by Till Tuesday. Oh, yeah. 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 I love, I love that song. It's eerie. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love the motels and... and yeah. Yes. yeah. All that weird yeah. 80s new wave shit. Oh, <laughs> yes. Right. yes quarter quarter, quarter flash. flash yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And, and my favorite was um oh my god is she was she was all adamant no. uh the, the badass drummer uh de Bazio, what's his name oh you mean missing persons missing persons oh, um yeah, yeah. del Bazio. good stuff weird Terry shit but i loved it you yeah. know joan jett oh gosh yeah, yeah. Guys, we, we've been time. on for an hour Let's do some, and five minutes. Uh, you got minutes. some uh, viewer wow. questions, Scott? Well, um, I asked for some. I actually didn't see any. Everybody's just saying what a great interview this yeah. is. I, I wanted to say how great it is to play your songs. Yes. You know, I don't know if you ever talked to people who've covered your tunes, but you know, we've done it for years. And, and ladies you. and gentlemen, it's always a great third set ender. Just 
fucking hit them hard in the face and then you're done <laughs> and click click boom was another one of those and we're actually we're going to relearn uh ladies and, ladies and gentlemen so if you're ever around and about and you come see our band you're definitely going to get up there and do our thing i just slipped him a 20 he'll be there oh there you go <laughs> i would love that man <laughs> That'd be fun but yeah it's always a fun i bring out the mega megaphone you know and and uh do it right and and it's just always just a banger every single time you know what i love about songs like that uh, something nikki six told me one time he goes dude if you don't write it in five minutes you just don't even just don't you have to think too it. much about it yeah mm-hmm. and when when i sat down uh when we had recorded the music for ladies and gentlemen i sat down and me and bob marlette listened to it and i was like what if what if i did like a circus like what if i was i was like wait what just tell me if this sounds crazy i was like what if i was like one of those top hat guys and i was like welcome to the show you know like, right right Brilliant. he goes he goes and he was sitting there with his cigar and he goes bob marley is the best man. Funny. <laughs> he goes it, anytime you'd hit that vein he was he was a guy who was like like violently sober never smoked a cigarette in his life never drank a glass of wine never did drugs none of that but he loved to smoke cuban cigars and when you would when you would hit that creative vein and he knew you were in that vein and 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 it was flowing. He he'd do that little Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, I was going to say that's what it reminded me of too. <laughs> that's so awesome, man. Phil Phil Ansamo uh, told him left him a voicemail one time. He goes, "Hey Bob, put down the fucking cheeseburger long enough to call me back." Oh my god, that's great. That's awesome. We man. do have a couple. We're going to start wrapping this up. Um, I don't want to cut you guys off. If you have more, just tell me to shut up. But we do have a couple of viewer questions We've got here. a couple more hours worth uh, of stuff. Laura Floyd says, what about the acting bug? Maybe do that again? Yeah. Uh, actually, um, I was talking to my manager about, I don't know how much I can talk about it, but I've always wanted to play a bad guy in a Western. Wow. Okay. I, I've been like really focusing a lot of my energy on manifesting that well uh there's this opportunity coming up with um i believe with uh henry winkler something to do Mm. with the project that he's involved in and um it's something around wyatt earp and the james gang type thing and uh, they're talking to us about me playing the bad guy. So cool. that would be cool. I'm be really, fun. really excited about that because that'd be like a dream come Henry true. Henry Winkler, no I mean, grew up with that guy. Come on. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, I have a cool room back there where we play video games when you bring bus out the 2003. You guys have the most awesome house. Uh, Tiger thanks, Woods. Bro. 2003 2003 Tiger Woods. And we'll have to like get your character up there. And, and uh, yeah, we've never found it. Like well, you got to type in superstar. Oh, crap. Okay. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. You have a cheat, character on there. A little cheat code. It's yeah. Oh, that's the, so cool. The only thing is uh, I'm left-handed, and and I asked when they – I had to put the suit on, and they put the little yeah. golf balls all over you. <laughs> wow. And they're – because they wanted to record my swing, and I was like, well, I'm left-handed. And they were like, well, okay, well, let's just record it both ways, and we'll, oh. we'll, see, we'll see what happens. And I know in – entertainment lingo that means we're, we're gonna, gonna do, do it yeah we're, we're gonna do you right-handed yeah. but 
we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> appease you. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> but, but actually, they had a good reason. They said, we'd love to make you left-handed, but to do that, we would have to deprogram the whole game and go back in and and re sort of recode you as the only left-hander in the entire game hmm. and i was like okay 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 bro just make me right i'm just glad to be here wow yeah. that's you know cool I, mean? I thought phil mickelson was also left-handed is he not in the game maybe eh. I don't know. we're he getting is. in the he weeds here i'm sorry yeah. that's a good question uh, yeah. now you'll, january 20th you'll be at the venue mm-hmm. here in tulsa nice the venue and, shrine, and right? during shrine. the summer you played at um venue shrine uh, Joe's Safari Joe's Joe's Safari Joe's Oh yeah You know the funny thing about that Love before before Safari I Joe. met you I live close to there and it's funny when, when the fair's in town I can go outside and hear all the music and whatever so I remember the night that you were playing up there I remember stepping outside and I could hear I couldn't make out the songs This but, is a neighborhood by the way Yeah I'm wow. in I'm in a neighborhood by the fairgrounds or by Safari Joe's and and I and I could hear it I could hear it being played over there I couldn't make any of it out but I knew I knew who was playing cuz I'd seen it on the um so we have such a great relationship with Safari Joe. Mm-hmm. You know, he came to our wedding uh, oh, at wow. Graceland. Yeah, we got married at Elvis's house back in 2004. Oh, that's cool. Did he pull up in a golf cart? <laughs> One year to the day. I, you know, I'm sure it was a freaking Lamborghini <laughs> or something. <laughs> I've never not seen him in a nice car. <laughs> but... Uh, well, yeah, he came to our wedding. One more quick viewer question. Sorry, guys, we're needing to wrap this up here. Um, Ronnie Jer- Jernigan says, what music do you listen to today? Do you like new bands? I do. Who do you I, like? Um, well, uh, I'm, m- my sons are both, Justice and uh, Dynamite DeLone are both musicians, so I get exposed to a lot. Uh, Tool, I love Tool. Went and saw them live. Unbelievable. Just Their drummer is the absolute best drummer I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Just mm. unbelievable. Yeah. And... Um, I love Falling in Reverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Seven Dust, of course. Uh, uh, there's some new bands out there that, that I really, really love. I love a lot of electronic music. Oh, I love wow. uh, really? Trent Reznor and uh, Nine Inch Nails and, and that whole uh, genre of music. There's a new band that I'm stuck on right now called The Paper Kites. Huh. Wow. And they are just breathtaking they're from australia and uh if i had to pick music that i would listen to uh on some desert island somewhere it would be like the most easy listening stuff yeah. you guys have probably ever heard you got that. your fleetwood mac on it oh, yeah, would be so cool. some 70s am gold go full screen with that you i go. did i did fleetwood mac that's really nice rest, rest in peace Christine. um so Christine. we also have a couple other questions uh, any dates this is from john gleason any dates in west tennessee i'm sure you would love to go back there uh no no dates uh as of right now but we're working on uh uh, getting some stuff hammered out cool very soon uh christy uh mccutcheon she's from um the rocklahoma uh group called rocklahoma bitches she says we love the shrine and she says um uh, probably be talking about uh the uh water park says we only went because he was playing there hmm so man I, and yeah. i did i did see one that i wanted to what's your favorite movie my favorite movie that's a good question uh, Goonies. I, I love the Elvis movie. Boy, it's good. That is it? good, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. The, uh, uh, Baz Luhrmann is one of my 
I mean, my second favorite movie is a Baz Luhrmann movie. Is yeah. Great Gatsby. Wow. Uh, that, that question was from Kevin Jackson. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah. Let me kind of wrap things up with uh, something that Bernadette Goodman said. And I, I'm not saying this because you're sitting 10 feet away from me. I truly feel this way, too. She says, in my, opi- my opinion, this has to be one of the best interviews so far. We've, done, we've done 68 of these now. And seriously, let me, let me, there we go. This has been amazing. I mean, some of these guys come on and they're great, but you've gotten real deep with us and, and it's been meaningful. Well, and, thank you. And uh, thanks for being such an awesome interview, man. Definitely. Thank you all for being yeah. awesome. And, uh, we would love to have you um, over at a swim, swim party this uh, summer. Safari yeah. Squires. Safari right? Squires. Safari Squires. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right. here. Right Safari on. Scots. Yeah. Yeah. That's so we're, cool. We're good people, man. We, we're always out playing and we've known this guy forever. And, and, and so, and this is what we do. Rock and roll, man. Dude, I, once my kids figure out you have a pool, you'll be. It's game over. Yeah. You'll be trying to get rid of us. You need to clear, <laughs> clear out the spare bedrooms and you know, make room for them. Hey, it's the best way to, you know, stay in shape is go out there and swim. That'll yeah. work every damn muscle that you, didn't, right. you know, that you even have. They say there's sure. only two exercises that use every muscle in I your like body. Both of them. I like both of them. I like both of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Guys, make sure you support Josie Scott in everything that he's doing right now and coming up it's going to be amazing um lots of things going on new recordings dates coming up mm-hmm. remember to uh visit not just facebook.com slash josie scott rocks but that website will be up soon as well i guess i'll be seeing you tomorrow night no. yeah, yeah these guys gotta gotta do some rehearsing. january 20th at the venue and that's paul stanley's birthday we need by to start calling that the shrine wow. it is the, is it called the shrine it's called now? venue shrine venue yeah. shrine so give that date one more time scott january 20th paul yeah. stanley's birthday fantastic january 20th. he's a capricorn he's a capricorn yeah, okay. I was just thinking that. She's a, she's a cancer. She um, saw his picture in a music magazine. That's right. We want to give a shout out real quick to our sponsors who make this show possible. Thank you, Dustin Little, for all your support. Okie PC, if you guys have any IT needs at all, you can call 918-640-0892 or email Dustin at Dustin at OKPC.com. Thank you, Identity Merch, for your support. If you guys want to pick up a Tulsa Music Stream shirt or hoodie, you can visit the online store on our Facebook page. Uh, go there. Thank you, Sycamo Filmworks. And we also want to give a shout out to uh, Greg Shipman. Nice job on Josie's pictures. Such and, a great job. Yeah. And we thank you so much for the, the branding you did and, on the and, show. And thank you, Red Alert. Um, I think they're in, been watching the uh, stream. Yes. And, um, Red Alert. I was going to say thank you, Wes Hoffman, for paying for it. Hell yeah. Ah, He's going to go. take good care of Josie, and we're going we're gonna to see some amazing things coming down the pike for him. So, yes, guys, sir. thank you so much for supporting the stream. We don't have anything lined up right now, but we're going to get to work. Well, it's Christmas time. Yeah, we're yeah. going to get to work work and start getting some new stuff lined up for the first of the year in the meantime make sure you get out and support local music yes sir support music everywhere one last uh, thing yes poison you got on stage you rocked out with poison you rocked out with brett michaels you got to check out our show which was awesome it was great to meet you that night what the hell how does that happen (laughs) how does that happen he is just a sweetheart like every time i have ever went and seen him He's always asked me to get up and, and sing a song with him, whether it's with Poison or mm. with his band, Brett Michaels. He always asked me to get up and do a song. And I made the mistake one time of uh, saying, like, I think I was sick or something one time. And I was like, I don't I, I don't really feel up to it. And, 
and I turned him down and I think I think he I think he was uh, I think he was a little upset at me. Yeah. What if and you're I his never, man crush? What if I would you're never, his man crush? I would never hurt his feelings. He is one of the sweetest, <laughs> yeah. kindest and he won the apprentice, for God's sakes. Right. He went on that show and <laughs> fucking won it. Not an easy feat. Not an right? easy feat. Okay, well so. don't turn and down. And can I just say what a freaking amazing guitar player you Dude, are stop just oh, there you go she is. she is she is definitely you know what i got it. okay now that you're here and i would have to dig up the messages they're old by now but i blew it because there was a time when someone was sniffing around about me trying out for you really i think so i but you know it's okay i'm gonna send him it in my place I He's mean, do fine. you know, I'm I'm doing it. I'm doing it with Jenna's spirit running through me. So yeah, well, yeah. Well, hey, don't take the grumpy part with you. Don't threaten me with a good time. Look, if it's a possibility, you gotta oh, come jam with you me know, sometime. Man, I mean, my you day should. job, my 401k, I gotta pay for this place. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, but eh. you know, it you was know. a pleasure um, having a you pleasure here with us, and with uh, us I, I feel like I can sit and just listen to your stories. <laughs> yeah all fucking night long i mean it's yeah, just it's one of those deals man and and i bet you have just a bucket barrel got, barrel got, full i got some good ones i don't know how many of them i should tell but right right we'll save that for the next start one. getting some yes. emails save that know? for part two right. right guys we love you so much please support josie and Thanks, all he josie. does out there yeah, we'll see you. you uh first part of the year we hope uh sometime soon you guys have a great christmas have a great new year we love you thank you for watching tulsa music stream remember guys if you missed part of this you can catch the replay as soon as we go off air it'll be available thank you so much for your support and we'll see you soon good night awesome